of E3 2016. I almost like I'm a little bummed out that it's over. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, our our coverage is definitely not over. We're gonna talk about a lot of games tonight. Uh, but first, we're the first hour of tonight's stream is gonna be a very sick podcast hosted by Ben Moore. If you haven't heard of it, it's called Frame Trap. This is something Ben's been doing on Patreon for I, how many episodes are up to Ben? Uh, this will make our fifth episode. So it's a new baby podcast yep. still. Mm -hmm. yep. A little baby podcast and uh, it's we talk about video games. We talk it. about video games. There's no there's no there's no limit with Frame Track. You can you can go in whatever direction you want. Cool. So. Sky's the limit. But today today today's special. Kyle Bossman. Today yes. isn't just a, an episode of Frame Trap. Huh? Uh, we're not going to have the segments that we usually have. Today, I don't want Frame Trap to last longer than an hour because we have this panel, which is fantastic. But we also have other people that uh, want to talk about games. So we're going to try to make this efficient. And the way that I'm going to make it efficient is we're throwing out the rules and we're playing a new special E3 game. We will only do this once every year at E3. Whoa. And uh, this game... Tradition. Yeah. This game is called Noodles and Broth. And I do believe uh, Kaylee pointed out it's the sixth episode. I don't know how many episodes of my okay. own show there are. <laughs> Thank you, Kaylee. I appreciate that. Uh, this game is called Noodles and Broth. And how we're going to do this is you're all going to tell me. I'm, I'm the master ramen chef here. Sure. And uh, I'm pretending that you're all making some ramen for me. And, and to make ramen, you need noodles and you need broth. And uh, your noodles is going to be a, a big game or a game that you think has a lot of hype or excitement. You could think of it like a AAA game. And you're going to tell me about that. And then you're going to tell me about broth. You're going to give those noodles some flavor. And you're going to tell me about a game. Uh, it can be big or small, but something that you don't think a lot of people know about. Kind of an underdog. Uh, it could be an indie game. It could be just something you saw at E3 that you never heard before. But you're going to give me... That special sauce that no one else can give me. Uh, I'm also going to quickly do a noodle and broth, but uh, I'm not going to, to rate myself. That wouldn't be fair. At the very end, I'm going to taste each of your ramen. <laughs> <laughs> that came out a lot more sexually than I was intending it to. <laughs> but this is the kind of show this is. Uh, I'm going to taste all of your ramen. And uh, I'm going to decide who had the best noodle and broth. And mm. we'll see if the chat agrees wow. with me. Okay. Okay. Uh, High stakes. I'm changing my recipe. I had something planned, and now I want yeah. to win this game, Ben. Yeah, this is oh. a competition. you, you yeah. got to bring, bring your secret sauce. And okay. everyone is still waiting for Resident Evil 7. That will be at the top of the hour once Frame Trap is over. We're going to mm -hmm. cycle in Damiani. And others that have played Resident Evil 7, just wait a little Damn, longer. Damn, dude. If but you're, if you're watching this controlled. later on yeah. YouTube or listening to this as a podcast, ignore what Huber just said. <laughs> <laughs> just ignore it. And come in now. I ramble. Um, no, I just mean they, they won't be able to see those things. This okay. is a whole separate show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in a whole new show right now. We're in a bubble. Yeah, yeah. pretend you're in a bubble. Just think about the dish you're preparing right now. That's all I want you to do. I'll just worry about a ramen bowl. Okay. We're starting the timer right now. Yeah, that's the Whoa. other thing about this game is you can't go over time. Iron Chef. Yes, you gotta be you gotta be efficient. I'm starting the timer now. Kyle Bosman. How much time? You you don't. I'm not gonna give each person a hard time limit because this okay. is frame trap. I want it to be extended. Yeah. But keep in mind that be we quick. only have an hour total. Be quick. All right. For my noodles, I choose God of War. Ooh. Now this is a game that I didn't play, but I witnessed being played. Does that still count? Sure. Yeah. Okay. As long as you're able to make a delicious meal. So God of War is a game that's always... I've always had a weird relationship with God of War. Uh, God of War 1 is a game where I just watched my friend play through it. You know, one of those games. Mm -hmm. When God of War 2 came out, uh, it was really late into the PlayStation 2's lifespan. Mm -hmm. 3 yep. was out. Yep. I didn't play God of War 2 until I bought a PlayStation 3. Okay. Like, I, I played God of War 2 really late. And basically what I loved about those games was the scale, hated the character, hated how angry he was all the time, uh, hmm. never got good at the combat, just kind of played through it to see cool things, like giant golden horse statues. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like how I regarded the series. You know, it's just like, uh, you know, it's like a good dumb game. You know, that's basically what I thought of God of War. And so this game put a spin on it. This game made me respect God of War. Uh... Having Cory Barlog back and just having him unleashed, you see a vision in this game. You mm -hmm. see a heart in this game. Uh, this game 
is a, is a mature video game. Uh, again, not in just like, you know, swear words and boobs, but like it's, ma- it's mature in, in its tone. It treats you with respect as a person who's playing it uh, and what you're interested in. And, oh my gosh, I, I was blown away by the, watching it in, you know, the press conference. Right. Great moment for a press conference. But then to see it as a game, to be in a room with mm-hmm. it being played, uh, Barlog and the voice actor, uh, Chris... Mm, I don't, I don't New voice actor, name. right? Yeah, yeah, the new voice actor. They were actually in the room. Okay. They were checking it out, too, because it was the last demo of the day. Cool. Um, I don't know. It just it felt cool. It felt exciting. It felt like this is something new. You're doing something new. You are... Uh, and I guess if you've never seen any of God of War, you don't know what the something new is. You have a child hanging out with you. Your child. Kratos has a little kid, a little boy who sucks at hunting and Kratos is trying to help his son learn how to hunt. And uh, obviously I'm using immature language to describe something that turned out to be very mature. Uh, but it's a, Kratos has relationships. And I mean, God of War 3 is like, let's make Kratos likable by adding like this little girl character. Didn't really work. I don't think it's stuck. No. And somehow within those five minutes, they make you care about both of those characters. And... Uh, God, they love to brag about it. They love to brag about the no cuts. There's not one cut of the camera. The camera will never move its position, never switch to a different angle. Uh, that's incredible. That's really, really cool, the stuff that they are doing with the camera of this video game. N- next level stuff. Stuff you haven't seen before in any other video game. Wait, the camera? Yeah. What's next level about it? No so, cuts. Uh, what I mean by no cuts, Brad? Is oh, I thought, sorry, I thought you meant like the camera angle. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. Well, the, yeah. So the camera does it moves. Oh yeah, you're right. Like yeah. how it moves. Okay. The, it never like cuts too. It never. Uh, yeah, you're right. Never edits, and that's pretty incredible. Yeah, uh, Kyle, you're talking about this being something new, and I, I think about Corey, and I think about God of War two, and I remember when that game came out, and people just the praise that it got on every single level as an action game, as a God of War game, as a technical PS2 game. Uh, what do you think was going through Corey's head? Like, why did this decision get made? What is fueling this game? Oh, I can I chime in on something? Chime I think in, Ascension, Brad. Get in God on of my Ascension, on the lukewarm reception that game received. Just people were just like, oh, another God of War. They were, they were like, they're sick of like the same thing over and over and over and over again. Yeah. They're like, we got to do something new and fresh now. And yeah. the best part of Ascension was like, yeah, if we go back to even before everything in the timeline, we can try to make Kratos more relatable. We can like, <laughs> yeah, see the yeah. tragic. That didn't even work. And it didn't work at all mm-hmm. for yeah. Ascension. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I'll give you a fun tidbit about Corey Barlock. Something that always makes me respect a person is uh, I was going through uh, my street passes on my 3DS. Random cost, Corey Barlog. Excellent. He's a street passer. Yeah. Nice. Did not expect such a serious man with such a serious vision to also be a street passer. Fellow Much respect. passer, eh? Fellow passer. Fellow passer. Fellow <laughs> checker. <laughs> uh, Kyle, there's actually a concern I have about the God of War. And I, I feel like it's, it's, a, it's a strange concern, but I've seen other developers do it in ways that have really annoyed me personally. Uh, God of War has been around for a long, long, long time, and I, I feel like there are going to be very overt callbacks to the older style of games, whether that's orbs, or whether it's certain weapons, or whether it's certain names. Do you think there's going to be anything that that seems super jarring or out of place, like, oh, all of a sudden there's a brothel scene, or all of a sudden Oh, that would, oh my gosh, that would ruin this immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like matured past some points. Yeah. I think if we open a chest and there's what, what are the eyes, the eyes of something? Gorgon eyes. If there's yeah, a Gorgon eyes. eye, I'm cool with it, man. I'd be totally fine with that. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. There, I didn't see any evidence of like opening a chest and getting like a bunch of blue orbs, orbs to come yeah. in here or anything. I didn't hmm. see it. Okay. Uh, just loot, like silver and crafting materials. It's grounded. There's like rare, um, it was like rare steel and like normal silver. My last point, uh, Hubert, this is something that you brought up with your own talk. Uh, consequences is one of my favorite things in storytelling. Mm-hmm. With, if something happens in this story and there are consequences, because of this, this happens. When that spans sequels, I get super excited. The idea of the events of God of War 3, whether you like the game or not, having consequences... Yeah. And then having to deal with those consequences in this game makes me very excited for it. I can't wait to play more. I'm very invested in God of War in a way I never expected it to be. Kyle, Kyle I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Here's where I'm at right now. Okay. I'm looking at this this bowl of noodles, and I'm, I'm poking it with my chopsticks. Yeah. 
and they don't seem too soft. Okay. They don't seem too firm. Mm-hmm. They have the right consistency to them. Ooh. <laughs> and what I'm going to say to you right now is, sir, uh-huh. may I have some broth? Okay. I'll pour some broth in there. Sure. You didn't see this broth coming. This broth has a unique taste. It's called Nog. 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 G-N-O-G. Uh, so I played a lot of weird indie games, a lot of weird small games. This one was at the Sony booth. Uh, this is a game, it's like a very colorful puzzle game. So at first I'm like, ah! But then, so I walk up, and uh, I do. I go through the puzzle, I basically solve it, and then the developer is like right over your shoulder, and just like, hey man, what'd you think of that? And then like talking to this person, his inspiration is, he opens with this, he knew how to draw me in. He's like, um, yeah, we wanted to make a game that feels like playing with a toy, uh, basically like... Um, hmm. These old toys called Polly Pocket and Mighty Max. Yes. Like, oh, yes. Mighty Max. I'm in. So then, yeah, basically it's like, imagine a game that's like playing with a toy, and that's kind of what this is. It's about like flipping it over, unlocking things, flipping things, uh, seeing what things do, playing with things. And so basically the one I watched was a big boombox that was playing beats, and like somebody had to like unplug things that would plug other things in, uh, and then uh, flip it around, and then like flip this open and punch these things. But then the level I played was even cooler. It was a candy shop. And so basically you had to figure out how to make an ice cream cone, how to make um, some chocolates, and then how to make something else. Like How do you uh, make them? How do you make it? So it's cool. Uh, the chocolates was um, chocolates was pretty simple. I just had to match a pattern that was the simplest one in a certain amount of time. But it's all like really cool music with like just like a... <laughs> just like a cool bass line to it too. Really great music in this thing. Uh... The, uh, the ice cream was really complicated. I had to, like, take the color slider down, and, like, it's just figuring out what a color slider is. You know what I mean? Okay. There's no tutorial calling this the color slider. Mm-hmm. And so you're just manipulating these cool things. Uh, and, yeah, just assembling an ice cream cone and just uh, collecting coins and using those coins to, like, open a big thing's mouth while it's just like... <laughs> the music, like, elaborates more as you continue forward. And then at the end, yeah, you've just uh, made, like... You've made a candy shop, and people have come into your candy shop, and they're happy, and then you've completed that puzzle. And the, the, the whole game is just uh, unlocking more puzzles, unlocking more toys to play with. Cool. And I just, I love that. Video games can be toys, too. Uh, what, the, the other, did you get a hint at what the other sort of toys and activities that you could be, like, that you can mess around with and do? Because it'd be crazy if it was, like, just complete opposites of one another. Uh, there's a submarine coming. <laughs> Not at E3. They said, I got a submarine coming. I got one of those. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm really excited to see what else they do. Yeah, they, they sounded really excited about the levels that weren't at E3. We had the most simplest ones there. Kyle Bossman, I was expecting, like, like a spicy broth, like something that would give me a little bit of kick, like something I'd have to take water and, and just pace myself with. <laughs> but it was, it was, like, savory. Ooh, yeah. It was a little bit sweet. Uh, and it gave me a very pleasant aftertaste. And Michael Huber, I've got some bad news for you. Hmm. I've already had some delicious noodles. <laughs> oh, my. How are you going Tough to make to them more delicious? Start with your noodles, please. You want my noodles? I want your... <laughs> Huber, you know I want your noodles. <laughs> Let me cook up. Ooh. <laughs> oh! Some World War One ramen. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The theatrics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because me and Brad Ellis, Brad Ellis and I, played Battlefield 1 this morning. Let me tell you about it. Oh, I'm not ready for this. So, we got to play one map. We got to play two full rounds of Battlefield 1 in the Microsoft booth. It was 20 on 20. And... First, I'll go over the the slight changes, and then we'll get into the meat of the action. So we'll do a little, uh, as Ben likes to say, nuts and bolts. Okay. You gotta gotta cut the noodles. Yeah. Huber's cutting his own noodles Cutting the noodles right now. Nuts and bolts. Um, Quality of life improvements, game-wide. Just everything has been tweaked and fine-tuned to make this the most seamless, smooth battlefield i have ever played Uh, a couple of those are when you're the medic something as simple as brad is running around and he needs a health pack 
I, I trigger the health pack and it just goes straight to him. It doesn't drop on the ground. He doesn't need to stand there. That was actually really clutch. Yeah, I just you throw it at the person to heal them. Things like that. Um, vehicles now. If you want to spawn in a vehicle, you have to be a ve- specific vehicle class. What's so it you, called? Uh, it's just called like fighter pilot. Tank yeah, when driver. you spawn oh, in yeah. a certain vehicle, that's what yeah. you label as. Sure. So you can't just be. You know, so many times in Battlefield, uh, if I was a lone wolf, I would spawn as a sniper, take a plane in the very, very beginning of the match when everyone's pushing forward, you get in a plane, fly all the way to the back of the map, jump out, and then you're behind enemy lines sniping. Mm -hmm. Things like that are now impossible. And like vehicles are much more important because one, tanks are hard to deal with Mm -hmm. because people don't have rocket launchers and, and mines and grenades as much. So like... When a tank rolls into a point, back up. Terrifying. Like, run. Like what do you do? What bail. do you do against you a tank? Bail. Sometimes you, like, there was a time when I was playing and a tank rolled in, smashed through a building. People are, like, shooting everywhere. I have nothing to defend myself. I said, I'm gone. I'm going, <laughs> and I'm going to A. And I just let them have that point and tried to counterattack at a different location. Whoa. Uh, so when you, yeah, when you spawn in a tank, you know, that is very unhuber. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's nothing I could physically do. It's like, I can be hogger here and throw my life away or I can like battlefield makes me think smart. This is why I love <laughs> it. It is strange. So much. How, yeah, you play, you play I get in a different type a of team. zone. You play as a team member in yeah. that game. Usually when you're just I do. running out shooting without even looking. Yeah. Um, so one of my favorite things oh boy. in this game is an Overwatch-style Reinhardt <laughs> melee bayonet charge. When you're sprinting, if you click melee, mm-hmm. your character yells at the top of his lungs, gets locked into a charge animation where you can't veer paths, and you instantly bayonet someone. So there were so many times when I would go for it and someone would just like, Matador, just like sidestep out of the way and my character's like, Ugh! I think they were like baiting it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Just like shooting at me and I'd like run at him and try to charge. Yeah. And then there was another time when I got a guy right in the back, got him in the spine with a bayonet. Yeah. That was really good. Uh, I got someone with the bayonet and I got to say one of the best feeling melee kills ever. It feels you really feel good. the impact, as we say, you felt the kill. You feel the kill. I felt nice. the blade entering the flesh yes. and the life leave his body. <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there was another one where I bayoneted a guy. It was absolute chaos. Uh, people didn't see me, so I, I bayonet one guy. I get out a hatchet. Melee weapons mm-hmm. in this game overpowered like I've never seen. In a Battlefield game, Ben Moore, we're getting close quarters in Battlefield 1. I get out a hatchet, and I start hacking people up in this house. Just like, clack, right in the neck. (laughs) Clack, right in the back. Another guy comes up, get out my gun, start shooting through the window. Uh, Clack. Okay, so nuts and bolts are done. I I, I, want to say it it didn't feel too OP to me, the... Oh, it's the ram. Because, like, not the ram. No, no, the, the melee. Some dudes, like, try to do that to me, like, yeah. three times, and you're just like, pfft, Well, the best, the best part is, is because Battlefield is about space. But you you were in the house. Exactly. And it was confusion and chaos. There exactly. was, like, mustard gas going yeah. on, gas masks being worn. So, Brad and I were, like, charging in. Every character has a gas mask. The best part about it, when you pull the gas mask down, no iron sights. Mm, you nice. cannot iron sights. So it's super hard to aim. You're disoriented. Your vision is obscured. Uh, throwing, really cool. throwing the gas is just amazing because you can throw it at a point. People can't see. They're choking up. They're coughing. They're losing health. So you have to be you, a specific class to put, throw gas. No, you can equip mm-hmm. it in your grenade slot. Cool. The but, guy's like, you want gas grenades? Yeah. And you're like, yes, I yes. want gas grenades. Nice. But because there are no like RPG, like engineer type it's super hard to take tanks down yeah uh, the assault can yeah it's like made for that yeah so like sometimes to have a normal grenade in your class is good to try to deal with like light armor um lastly um it was just because because we're running out of time here it's just super incredible uh there's like a windmill we're not running out of time you're right here okay cook 
Okay, we're cooking. Cook, man. We're cooking. All right, we're cooking. Yeah, noodles. I'm gonna throw some spices in there. Okay. I got some more. Yeah. <laughs> so we're cooking noodles. Uh, so I spawn in a in a plane. I spawn on top of someone like a squad member mm-hmm. in a plane. Puts me in the back, Indiana Jones Last Crusade style. <laughs> this biplane is coming at us. My fighter pilot is doing barrel rolls. I'm in the back, just shooting. He's shooting at us. Everyone's doing barrel rolls. We're doing barrel rolls. We start going down, down, down. I jump out, parachute down, run into a building, up into a window, like three enemy soldiers. It's seriously out of Saving Private Ryan. Three enemy soldiers are just running by. I'm shooting out of the glass, kill one of the guys, and like a tank came and blew me up. Yeah. Just moments like that. Pure adrenaline rush. Everything feels smooth and seamless in Battlefield 1. I want to talk about one moment. I got the big boy. The big boy? I got the Zeppelin. Zeppelin. I piloted it. I got the big boy. Yeah. Cruising just like a menace in the sky. What's the camera angle? Uh, So you can either be like. like the wheel piloting it. You can? You yes, can be behind yes, the wheel? Yes. Yeah. Or you can be like a third person so you can see the Zeppelin. Cool. But the Zeppelin also has bombs you can drop. So you can switch a mode to look down and see like little dudes running. Singled out one dude. dude. I followed this guy for literally a minute. Just drop. I dropped four bombs on him immediately. And he just goes boom flying up in the air. Then you were on a capture point one time and I was yeah. flying over it dropping bombs got too yeah. intense i actually crashed the zeppelin yeah. into the spawn point and hubert i look at hubert's screen and you just see some huge zeppelin fire like blowing <laughs> up dude one of the points it's so cool it's like a hill so you have to run up it so when people have that position they have the advantage because they have the high ground so i'm like running up it's chaos it's a pretty close game at that point and they have this this position on lockdown i look up Brad Zeppelin comes crashing down <laughs> on flames, the point. In flames. In flames. The entire point erupts. Yeah. They start losing the point. I charge in, clean up. We took the point all because of a valiant sacrifice. <laughs> it, was, Wait, it was selfish kills. So that killed people? Brad crashing? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it was and, awesome. And and just how every every vehicle controls so differently. The, the bomber, the fighter pilot. And uh, with the... With the Zeppelin, the mechanic is really great because you can have four bombs max. Mm-hmm. Uh, each time you use one, cooldown. So you can choose to save them up four at a time, or you can just like, you know, keep spending it, keep spending it. You get one, you spend it. You get one, you spend it. Or you can can save it up for the huge bombardment. It was a that rush. A one. rush. It feels so good. So I just happened to run into both of you when you got finished playing uh, Battlefield <sighs> One. Uh, at the Xbox booth, and you, you, you said something to me that really resonated. You said this doesn't just feel like another iteration of Battlefield. It doesn't yeah. just feel like it's taking something and, and bolting a bunch of new stuff on. You feel like this is a leap forward, like a, like a 1942 to Battlefield 2 style. You're mm-hmm. like, this is, this is like the next yeah. step and for the t- series. And two to three, that was a yeah. huge leap. Yeah, absolutely. And We're that's, at it again. Yeah, just just the vehicle stuff that you mentioned because yeah. like it doesn't sound like like these scenes that you described they're not taking away the chaos mm-hmm. of the Battlefield series what it's known for but they're making you think more they're making mm-hmm. you like stick to hard decisions and I respect that so 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 much. Yes. I just want to talk about one more moment too. Okay. Just a little dash. Okay. Dash it's it. when Yumi got in the armored car. Yes. She gets in the driver's seat. <laughs> I get in the gunner seat. He's like, we're doing this. He books it to like a point. There's like five guys at the point. Hubert's doing circles around the thing. I'm shooting dudes. We start getting hit. I'm like, I'm bailing. I'm out. Jump out. Hubert jumps out. We run in a house. Like four dudes coming in. We're throwing grenades like all over us. Shooting in the trenches. I'm like, throw me health. Throw me health. He's throwing health down, dude. We're melee people. I get shot, then Huber like reses me yeah, with the injection, meta gun. Cool. Like mid battle injection. It was a valiant stand. Yeah. Oh my god. It was like the Alamo in that house. Yeah, it was yeah. a, insane. Battlefield one. The hype is the hype is. Sorry, real. we just we just turned uh, this into co op cooking right uh, That's right. Battlefield four had was was plagued with major technical problems. Uh it came out very quickly after three. Um it was the same aesthetic as three. Uh, it was an incredible game, but uh, again, the, uh, the the 
the problems at launch kind of plagued it. Definitely. And uh, I asked them about it, and they said, you know, they're gonna they're taking care of it. They're taking care. Of it. They learned from four. They're like, we're not making the same mistake again. Huber, you put you put a sumptuous bowl in front of me. <laughs> Double noodles. And I don't say Double anything. Double noodles. <laughs> so so stick with me here. I, I take my chapsticks. <laughs> Sir, where are these noodles from? Valhalla. Sugoi. Sugoi! Oh my god, man. You weep. I love it. Now, Huber, please give me my broth. All right. You want some broth? (laughs) I'm going to whip up the spookiest bowl of broth that you've ever tasted (laughs) (laughs) outlast 2 yes i'm hyped for this huber give me some of that broth i'm an outlast fanatic uh let me start quick context and preface that outlast 1 doesn't stick with you like a silent hill 2 right it's not going to haunt your dreams give you nightmares uh but on the other end of the spectrum while you are playing outlast it has some of the scariest most intense frightening moments that i've ever played in a video game uh outlast 2 looks to capitalize on both ends so they're taking those jump scares of one and the psychological horror of two uh, so it starts out sound of my voice style where you and your wife slash girlfriend are investigating suspicious activity. Uh, it doesn't give anything away. You just hear like your plane crash. Your wife freaks out. She's screaming. She's like, what the heck was that? When you're flying, the screen is black. When you wake up, you're like falling down a cliff and everything is super blurry. This is a, this is a great reveal. Uh, the, the screen is extremely blurry and, and your, your character kind of grabs around and he puts on his glasses and the screen gets crystal clear. So our character Hold is on, like... is there going to be like a Velma Scooby-Doo mechanic in this game? <laughs> you lose your glasses and you're like wandering around. Right yes. Now. Okay. <laughs> Count on it. Count on it. Cool. So Outlast 1, right angles... Uh, corridors, you know, you're in the asylum. There's some parts that open up, but Outlast 2, you're in the Arizona wilderness. You're in wide open spaces that encourage exploration. Uh, And this game is haunting. This game is creepy as all hell. I'm playing on an E3 show floor with 100 people around me and spotlights everywhere. (laughs) And I'm terrified. Uh, Your character, I love the way he reacts to everything he comes up on something and he's like jesus you know he's spooked out he comes he'll come up to a corpse with flies buzzing around and he'll like swat at the flies um so an enemy reveals himself finally you know after a long like drawn out investigation is this thing where you see hints of him ahead of time no not at all you turn and a guy is just watching you and then he backs away into the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrifying. So then a couple guys come and there's this huge big section where it's like stealth children of the corn cornfield. Huge tall corn cornfield where you're like ducking in the cornfield. There's like flashlights everywhere looking for you. Oh god. Terrifying. <laughs> you're being hunted in the cornfield. So then you escape this is when things got extremely interesting and it made me so hopeful that this is going to take the narrative to another level. You escape inside a house and when you open a door, you're in a school classroom. You're in like this religious school classroom. So we're, we go from this rundown Arizona backwoods wilderness to this pristine uh, like religious undertone classroom school. So you're like wandering the halls 
And it's just doing really creepy things, like all the lockers will start opening and like flapping around. Um, and then you hear, you hear your wife. And it sends shivers down my spine just thinking about it. She's like, find me. Please find me. Find me. Just like <laughs> egging you on to find her. Open another door. You end up back in some like evil within basement. Turn a corner. A witch kills you with an axe. Demo over. Whoa. Wait a minute. A witch, witch with an axe? Just like that. Just like that. Hooded, cloaked witch lady with a glowing axe. <laughs> Like, guts you open, entrails, slam, Outlast 2. I, I have to ask one really quick question. Did you wish you were the witch? Yes. Okay. <laughs> no weapon. Like, you have no weapon still. No right? weapon. Just the camcorder's back. Night vision. Oh, batteries. And batteries. Oh, and the batteries. Oh, my God. Yeah. Dang. Yep. Oh. It's great. Uh, and visually, it looks so good. Uh, Outlast 1's available now. Like, honestly, if you haven't played that game, again, it's not... The story and everything is not what makes it great. It's in the moment. You, it's really hard to top how terrifying Outlast can be. Did, did you get any sense of there being any sort of connection between Outlast one and two? No. Okay. Did not reveal anything. I asked him about it. They're like, we're keeping everything as is. Not talking about story. Yeah. Just hearing you describe the game. It's frightening. Like it, it sounds. Yeah. It sounds intense. Yeah. I can't imagine actually playing it. Like, Scary. How how long was the demo? It was like fifteen minutes. It was pretty pretty meaty. Okay. When yeah. you played, I settled when, in. When you played Outlast One, could you? Is that is that? Are you the kind of person that can just kind of go for hours, or do you need to take breaks? Outlast One, I needed to physically take breaks because. I've never been so scared in my life, ever. Yeah, I can wow. to that. Like, that's yeah. a big statement. So, I'm serious. Yeah. Yeah, Beth came home one time. The like light came through the doorway when she came home, and I jumped so hard. I was so scared. There's a part in the DLC that is easily the most frightening, like jump scare of all time. Uh, terrifying game. I'll ask you. It's gonna ramp it up. Is there? There's still Crouch. Still crouch. Okay. You gotta crouch. So crouch through the cornfield. Yeah. Oh my it's god. So good. Yeah. And, and again, just visually, everything, everything is just looks better, plays better, feels better. Yeah. Hubert, I don't have any words for you. <laughs> All I'm gonna do is pat my stomach in satisfaction. <laughs> Ooh. That's great. I love that. Excellent. But we're not done. Bradley Ellis, such a good friend to Huber. Couldn't resist the hype. Helped him cook his noodles. Yeah. Sure. And now it's your time to shine. This is going to be a communal dish. Okay. With the help of my friends at this table. At least two of them. Oh. Uh, little game. Might not have heard of it yet. It's called The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Oh. <laughs> is my noodle. Must be Damiani's ears perked up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Damiani's in. <laughs> so, Zelda has been MIA since 2011 is when we got Skyward Sword. Wow, we got long? yeah, we got a tease I think like two or three years ago of the original video of Link on the horse and fighting like that robot thing. Vanishes, then we get a developer like video of Miyamoto and Anuma just sitting there like having their horse dodge trees. Awesome. <laughs> Finally, Nintendo was like, okay, here we go. Blowout on the Legend of Zelda. These are my favorite kind of demos for a game like this. Two demos. 20 minutes each. First demo, they drop you into the middle of the world and they say, go have fun. Go do whatever you want to do. And all three of us played it and all three of us saw different things. Like I went up to some rocks in the temples and I found the axe like in a tree stump. Immediately equipped it. Of course. Of course. Testing out some of the mechanics. How does it feel? You feel the weight. Excellent. You feel the weight of the hits, man. Magic. So, what you say? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so there's also a new mechanic that, okay, this Zelda is great, but that some of the things feel like finally you're adding this. Like being able to climb and jump. But they changed the game completely. I have, like, it's weird how hype climbing a tree and eating some fruit off it can be. It has no <laughs> business being that fun. It really shouldn't be that cool, but it is. 
somehow, isn't it? Yes, it really is. You're totally right, Brad. So, like, the game has things we've seen in it before, but somehow it adds its own little Disneyland magic, I don't know what it is, <laughs> to it. Like, the cooking. Cooking, just getting, like, seeing that little animation of Link going, I'm, 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 like, eating and getting. Yeah, celebrating when he makes a good dish. Can you, can you hunt any animal and eat them? I, okay, there was a boar. I was creeping through the woods, all right? See this boar going around. I'm like, oh, man, look at this boar. I'm like, I wonder if I can mount this boar like you can in other games. You know, go for a little rat or something. Yeah. Sneaking around, dude. It goes, looks right at me, books it. And I go, no way, not today, dude. Pull out the bow, boom, two headshots immediately. Nice. Dies, little piece of meat pops out. Yeah, the dead bodies just poof into meat, basically. Yeah. Yeah, not violent. Never has killing yeah. animals been so jolly. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't feel anything for that animal. Like, Do, oh, sweet. Are there different bonuses depending on the food you eat? Yes, there are bonuses. I'm not exactly sure. Like lizards what, give you speed. Cool. Lizards give you speed. That's really weird. I like that. Can though. you hunt underwater and like kill a shark or a whale? <laughs> and then get I the, saw the meat something under the water with like a question mark on it. Whoa! Yes. With a question Wait, mark. Wait, a question on mark? It. Yeah, yeah. You know, like uh, stuff that you have. Items you haven't picked up yeah, yet. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. So, but, yeah. So we're, we're just going to say yes. Okay. Anything, yeah, you can do that, Anything yes. you can imagine you can do, so far you can do in yeah. this game. Yeah. That is correct. Uh, one really cool thing that I like to add to this game is now that there's multiple uh, pieces of equipment you can equip that have, like, different stats. Like, there's a different shirt we had that give you more armor. Some weapons had more strength than others. And also, a really cool feature that I love, uh, kind of reminiscent of Ocarina of Time, it's like Octavia, you had to wear the red tunic to survive in like the heat. Mm -hmm. Now there's a cold area you can go to, but you need like uh, a warmer jacket, or Link will lose health over time. So, so like that. Also, weapons break now, which is they break pretty fast. Like I think all you can attest to that. I don't know if you could fix them yet, but it made every weapon feel really special, and you're like always scouring for stuff. You really felt like you were out in the wilderness trying to survive, like almost like a weird. Uh, Snake eater kind of vibe, dude. Adventure. Adventure. Yes. Snake eater. Yes. Yeah. Punished Link. Punished Link. <laughs> Punished Link. Legit, yes. Yes. So then I was wandering around, found like a sword in some epic, like rock hanging, like sword in the stone King Arthur what? thing. What? Just chilling out in the wild, dude. Oh my god. Got it, dude. Felt, felt like a king. Wasn't it just a rusted blade? Yeah, but it didn't even matter okay. because of the placement of where it was. Sure. Did it not feel like the coolest thing ever when you pulled that out, dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in the like the side of the mountain? No, 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 like in the ground. Okay. Like samurai sticking his blade in the dirt. Yeah. So I got that, messed around the combat a little. There's like witch bullet time now from Bayonet. You could like, guys attack you, dodge at the right time. It slows down really fast. You like spam some crazy get, combo. Get, 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 get. Oh, man. But yeah, then I uh, saw like a desert area. I was like, oh man, I gotta go over there. Start sprinting over there. Demo done. Oh, I was like, no! Yeah, oh, it hurts. It hurts. <laughs> then there's demo two that starts. You link and you wake up out of a coffin like Dracula been asleep for 100 years pretty much. And you hear voice acting, which is crazy. First voice acting like ever besides like, <laughs> like weird Zelda. Uh, yeah, I guess that's like the most voice acting I've ever heard. Like, bye! Yeah. Or something like that. Just straight dialogue talking to you. So then you wake up. Apparently you've been like asleep for a hundred years. You go out. And there's like this character straight out of darks. Oh, wait. Can I share a story I think Ben will appreciate? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay, so when you're playing these demos, uh, you have uh, Nintendo representatives over your shoulder mm. uh, who are like trying to <coughs> help you in case you run into any problems. The person next to me, to my direct left, was... Just the kind of guy who is excited to just talk to people. Yeah. So he was talking this woman up the whole time about completely irrelevant things. <laughs> so when Link wakes up, it's like he's like wakes up in liquid, right? And he kind of like unsurfaces from the water, and he goes, "This reminds me of a film called Ghost in the Shell." <laughs> I remember you telling me about that. <laughs> What did this poor woman say? In I don't know. She's like, yeah, I think I've heard of that one. <laughs> <laughs> what? While he's playing, while he's 
finally playing the Zelda demo. This reminds me of a film. Like, <laughs> oh, I just wanted to punch him. I just wanted to punch him. How am I in time? I feel like I'm going too far over. <laughs> no, 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 you're, you're great. Good. Sorry, sorry to interrupt your flow. Sorry to interrupt your flow. Uh, Kyle, you made me you made me think of something. And Brad, if you want me to save this, I totally can. But it's a very good no, story. No, go for it. Go for it. Uh, speaking of, of people that kind of operate like that, I was... We were waiting in line for Bloodstained. And... Uh, we were. Uh, I was talking with a friend, my mm-hmm. friend Mitchell, and I was talking about Castlevania Symphony and I, and I mistakenly said it came out in 1995. All of a sudden, this guy in front of me, like, screech. He, he turns around, he cocks his head, and he goes, 1997. <laughs> <laughs> and he walks away. Walks away. That guy probably Mike walked drop. away and was like, what a casual game. <laughs> my God. God, dude. <laughs> Brad, I'm sorry. I just had to get that out of me. Please no. continue. You're doing it. It's fun. It's yeah. fun. But, oh, uh, yeah. Anyway, there's this character straight out of Dark Souls, pretty much Andre of a story. She's like, hey. And he's telling you, like, about this land that's been taken over. It's, like, deserted. Okay, this game, they definitely played a lot of Souls for this game. Somebody played some Souls. Someone played some Souls combat-wise, how levels are laid out, how there's everything's in ruins kind of thing. But anyways... He pretty much sends you on a quest. You go around. I uh, You bring up this tower. Everyone immediately thought of Jones when the tower came up and revealed more of the map. Then he comes cruising in later on on that kite that Bossman loved. Because he goes, hey. Yeah. <laughs> he like, cruises in at like two miles an hour. Like really slow and awkward is awesome. And then he's like, hey, do this quest and I'll give you this. And everyone's like, of course I want that. Yeah. So you run into like this mini dungeon, and I guess there's about a hundred of these mini dungeons in the game the girl told me. And I got this item in there. It was like a magnet thing. Did you get this? I did. Okay, mm-hmm. so it was a really simple or simple puzzles, but basically you could pick up metal and kind of manipulate it and like make a bridge or something like that. And I'm getting like right towards the end, and I see like the light of uh, the end of the temple. I'm like, oh, here we go, baby. I'm gonna get that kite glider thing. Start running up. Thank you for playing the Legend of the Ring. Ben got about two minutes farther than you. Okay. Can you, quickly before we end that, uh, Skyward Sword has some of my favorite combat encounters in video games. Uh, Just intimate dueling, intimate clashes. How does this compare to that? Well, I felt like I was in control way more, obviously. Because in Skyward Sword, I'd be like, yeah. Yeah. And Link would be like, go the complete opposite yeah. way sometimes. Yeah. It, it it honestly feels like a Souls game. Pretty much how it's the combat There's a parry, Hubert. There's a parry, you feel yeah. Like, yeah. You feel like you're in a fight. There's a, cool. I didn't even yeah. know there was cool. a... There's a parry? Yeah. yeah. Shit. Cool. Okay. It's yeah. like a, it's a shield. It's, cool. You can do but the shield at the right moment. If you've played a Souls game, you have an idea of what it plays like. Cool. But all of us were blown away. Hyped. Can I sprinkle a little yeah, uh, spice Sprinkle some dash one? in there. So uh, at the end of the day, my favorite thing to do at the last day of E3 is to watch everyone shut down and start tearing everything apart. I always like to be around Nintendo or around that that booth, mm-hmm. that circle, the, at the last moment when they announce like, okay, everybody, please leave. Uh, because it's just cool. It's just cool to see just the hype evaporate, just slowly sink out of the, the pool draining the of E3. <laughs> when the lights pop on. Yeah, yeah, when the lights pop on, it, like the club at night. So, um... Uh, the last thing, though, that Nintendo was streaming was, like, some late-game stuff. Mm-hmm. Whoa. And I saw Link with some legitimate whoa. JoJo powers. Wait, whoa, I didn't know this. You need to justify... What? <laughs> He's got JoJo powers. I'm not going to specify any further because it'd be a spoiler for both the game and the show, but he's got JoJo powers. Dude, Link, Link <laughs> by the end of this game is gonna be a—he's gonna be a JoJo character. If someone screams, "Oh my God!" I'm yeah. gonna lose it in that yeah. game. Oh my! I could not. <laughs> oh no! Speaking of JoJo, you and me were doing that when we were going inside the demo. Yes. After that video, dude. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Oh my God! <laughs> yeah. Uh. Oh yeah. So that's the noodle. Yeah. Bradley Ellis, Im- imagine, imagine that I'm a fat Japanese man. Okay. okay, and I'm I'm sweating and my my cheeks are puffing uh, out. <laughs> I have just been stuffing my face with divine cuisine, but you put this this bowl in front of me, and you do it very stylishly, and I'm panting and I I take a napkin, 
and I dab my cheeks and I say, <laughs> "Give me the broth." Ooh, ooh, okay. Okay, so here. I was r- roaming the floor. I see this one game, this one indie mm, game. I know what you're saying. That there was only one of on the entire E3 floor. This is a game called Origami. So I'm walking by. I see some like little red ninja sneaking around on like a sweet like castle or something. Okay. As I'm walking by, I like, go like this. Walk <laughs> like three steps backwards. And there's a dev standing right there. I go right close to the guy. I did this like Huber style. I don't know why I did this. <laughs> and I was like, you fan Tenchu? <laughs> Do you like Tenchu? And he goes, this game is inspired by Tenshu. <laughs> and and this, yes, is, this yes, is huge for you. Yes. Like, yes. I immediately thought of Jones too. I'm like, Jones will be pleased. So I only got to play like 10 minutes of it, but I got like a pretty good impression. So pretty much, think of uh, Tenshu mixed with Dishonored powers. So you're a little just sneaking around. You cannot engage in combat like, if you get spotted and you try to fight someone, you're, like, done. Everything kills you in one hit. Everything. So you have to move through the shadows. But you can do your, your sweet backstabs, get some cool kill animations. But you also have, like, a weapon wheel, much like Dishonored. Is there blood? Yes, there's blood. I mean, I didn't, like, chop some dude's head off yeah. or anything. Huber's first question. It's a great question. <laughs> it sets the tone. It's yeah, okay. always well, a good question. Right. It sets the tone it in totally my head. It totally does, actually. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. That threw me off, sorry. <laughs> right after Hugh asked, is there blood? Daniel Bloodworth just emerges from the dark studio. <laughs> so anyways, I'm creeping around, man. Hopping, or like, so you could teleport, like Dishonored. It's like, you're like, a, like the main way of moving around, dude. Teleporting, like, top of, like, roofs goes sweet. Some dudes walk around. Like, well, they have, like, light swords they hit you with, because the light is bad for you. You want to, like, stay in the dark as much as you can. helps you refill your powers and everything like that. Oh, so we're a ninja. We're a... We're like, you're, like... I think you're literally, like, an undead ninja or something like that. Cool. Undead. Some, like, zombie ninja. You're from the dead. Some girl, like, resurrects you. It's really intense. Yeah, it's really intense. Like, satanic ritual. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Yes. Guy's creeping along. I'm on top of him. Jump down. Get some sweet down still or down stab kill. Nice. And I was like, this is Tenchu right here. I looked at the guy and I shook his hand like this cool. very fast. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Uh, Brett, I only got to watch this game being played. And it was it was from your enthusiasm and like you were like, no, we have to go. You have to go see this. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that really uh, stood out to me is just the the visual language that they use. Like because you have this cloak on mm-hmm. and when you're in light, it, it lights up yeah. and it glows and it. it it communicates to you that you're in an unsafe place. Did you get a sense that as you were playing it, you always had the information you needed to successfully sneak? Uh, sometimes, like like I said, I would need. I think I would need a little more time. The game I feel like has a steep learning curve, which okay. is great though, which yeah. I really like because it felt really in depth. But the character wears a cloak that kind of looks like a Wander's cloak from Shadow Colossus, mm-hmm. like that pattern. Mm-hmm. But to do like your weapon wield dishonor kind of moves, you need power, and to get power. You could like kind of hang out in the dark a little, or instead of a stealth kill, like immediate, you can immediately stab someone like with a stealth kill, or you can hold it and it does like a little rotation, like charging up kind of thing. When it gets all the way, some black demon beast, like the darkness comes out of the ground and just like starts munching on this dude. How long do you need to charge that? Like, probably like seven seconds so okay, it's like man so long time so long yeah, time you, got, you gotta think for yeah you gotta yeah. like prep dude like cool. this game is all calculation really thinking about your surroundings what does the munching demon give you he gives you more power to be able to use your special abilities like I got like one of the abilities I use is I got like seen like this dude's like Boop! he's coming at me like through a shuriken like at his face <laughs> they're just like like gory death I was like yes then I got chopped in the back and like that, like disintegrated. <laughs> and I was like, I love this game. Cool. I need to play more of this. And he's like, oh, good, glad you liked it. Then I let the girl behind me play because she really wanted to. That's fair. But I walked away real happy nice. about that game. Filling that that stealth need that I wanted. Definitely, dude. This, Outstanding. This sounds like I, like, I know how much you've wanted a new Tenchu. I know how 
badly like you you always you always bring it up and you always bring it up with this, this like sense of longing and pain and hearing you so excited about it hearing it like fill that niche it, it's like you've got me amped up right now you should be amped man you should be amped everyone should be amped actually hell yeah Amps confirmed. Mark the ninja status. Oh, also, quick oh. little tidbit. Oh. So there's a campaign. You can play through the campaign with a buddy if you want. <gasps> Whoa! The entire campaign. Oh Wait. my god. Yes. How? Yeah. It's co-op, the campaign. Whoa. I asked the guy about it, and I was like, oh, so is like the player a different character or something like that? You're the same character, but it's a sweet little bonus Definitely. I didn't even think about. Yeah. Co-op self. That seems pretty uh, high level right there. Don't play with Huber. <laughs> No, I can trust you, bro. Now, Still, you man, I calculated. Full okay. playthrough. I take it slow. That's, that's so cool because sure. I can I, I can imagine a game like that where mm-hmm. it's it's so difficult getting that kill. Like how well that would facilitate communication. Mm-hmm. Like you'd be hiding in the shadows and you see someone cover and you're like, Huber, go for the kill, and he just gets it in the middle in the dark. Oh man, that. <sighs> Brad, once again, fat Japanese man. <laughs> I loosen my tie. I can't talk <laughs> because I've eaten a small country's worth of noodles. Yeah. <laughs> and so what I do is I put my hand on your shoulder and I get your attention. I lock eyes. <laughs> That's how your ramen tasted. And now we're at a really exciting part of the show because... I just realized how I was going to do this. <laughs> uh, once again, I, I like role-playing. And uh, the way that we're going to do this is I'm going to let you know who won based on the tip that you got. Oh, my. So okay. whoever gets tipped the most wins. Uh, I just want to note, to for, for listeners, uh, that Ben gave Brad a great bow. Oh, thank you. Because he was too stuffed. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Kyle. This is a podcast, and people, you're the best. Uh, quick question. <laughs> yes. What's the reward or the tip? If you win, what do you get? Honor. Honor. Respect. Warehouse? Yeah. Do we get warehouse? No warehouse. Whoa. Okay. I'm All not, right. Yeah. All right. Not you ever put his foot down? Not putting any Our imaginary currency this. is void right now. Waduhagu. Waduhagu? Waduhagu. Different lore. Waduhagu. So... You each give me a check. You each give me a bill. Okay. And I'm looking at it. And I, I stare each of you in the eyes. Blank face. Ice. Kyle Bossman, when you get your bill handed back, mm-hmm. you see 793 yen. I'm pleased. Well done. It's a high tip. I gently bow backward. <laughs> I go. <laughs> I picture you with like a big piece of like no, wheat. I'm, I'm a, a piece yeah. of wheat in your mouth. I'm just a yakuza guy. I'm like. <laughs> Michael Huber. When you get your bill back, you see a, a slight grin on the fat Japanese man's face. <laughs> He gives you 810 yen. Ooh. Nani? Oh. <laughs> Bradley Ellis. You didn't know this, but the Japanese man had a katana this entire time. <laughs> oh no. He pulls it out from underneath the table. I grab my katana. <laughs> I fold my arms. I put my brass knuckles on. He slowly unsheathes the katana. He puts the bill on the table. He stabs it with the sword. <laughs> on there, you see 815 yen. Yo, shit! <laughs> I just want you guys to know that was completely for fun. <laughs> don't don't take those ratings very seriously. I thought 
like all of you guys did an excellent job and you were like super good sports about it. The suspense though, yeah. man. And that I appreciate great. it very much. I'll play that game anytime. That's a fun game. Chat wants to make sure we know that they don't tip in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> ben, you got me so in the zone right there that I for just the briefest of moments. We were having a standoff yeah. in a Japanese ramen shop. <laughs> yeah, what I was there. Blood was about to be shared. Yeah. Tabletop right there. <laughs> Brandon, can is it okay if I correct Chat? Oh, okay. oh, yeah. Yes, so, please. so Chat made the mistake, and it's it's very obvious for this to happen, <laughs> thinking that we were in modern day Japan. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, no, no. We are in Neo Tokyo. <laughs> the rules have changed. Yeah. The fat Japanese man has a cybernetic arm. Yeah. <laughs> A detail that was left out, but yes, this is the, the you rules You hinted are at it, though, plenty yeah. of times. Yes. Uh, I, I want them to know that Japan has gone back uh, to an emperor, and it is Heihachi from Tekken. Great. In, in Neo Tokyo. <laughs> yeah. So thank you. Uh, anyway, that's enough of that, that foolishness. Sorry if I <laughs> got too wrapped up in it. Um, I was thinking about it, and I don't want to... Um, I don't want to do the same thing that you guys did because you played that game and it would feel weird, I think, if I played that game. And so I just wanted to describe a, a quick moment that I had uh, before we end the show with Frame Trap. And if you guys had any experiences like this as well, please jump in. Uh, the, the first appointment on the first day of E3 that I had uh, was at Xseed. And Xseed uh, publishes uh, a bunch of niche titles, a lot of smaller JRPGs that kind of fly under the radar. Um, and one of those games that, that I really fell in love with is Legend of Heroes Trails, uh, uh, Trails, in the Sk- Trails of Cold Steel. I'm losing myself. Sure. Yes. No, but I'm saying that I loved the first one. Okay. Um, it, it really reminded me, it had a lot of qualities that were similar to Persona, where you get to actually spend time with these characters and build these relationships on top of having this wonderful and complex uh, battle system. And I went there, and uh, a producer on the game, her name was Brittany, and uh, she saw that I was playing Trails of Cold Steel 2. She ended up talking to me for 40 minutes. Whoa. And it was so incredible because it didn't feel like somebody was trying to sell me a game. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like this was a person that like desperately wanted me to give coverage. It was like she was just so excited to get out her thoughts on this thing that she loved so dearly, and it made me excited about the game. And she said that what makes Trails of Cold Steel so fantastic, and she's absolutely right, is these aren't anime tropes. These aren't cliches. These are people that you get, you get to spend time with in the sense that you, like, they go through tragedy. A civil war happens to these students, and they become adults. And, you know, a lot of people say that the JRPGs are incredibly slow and that, you know, they can kind of get to the point a lot faster. I don't think the Trails of Cold Steel series has that issue uh, because every single moment, whether you're, you're, you're doing it, uh, whether you're just like hanging out with people or you're going on a class trip or you're just going to an item shop, every moment... It, the, the the people that are making this game, the people that are localizing it, people like Brittany, they want you to feel like this isn't just run-of-the-mill stuff, that you're interacting with human beings, the characters that they want you to remember and stick with you. She uh, she mentioned that there was the shopkeeper that you encounter in the first game who goes off and, and can join your party. And instead the of... The shopkeeper? Yeah, just instead of just a random NPC taking that character's place, it's another person that has a name and a backstory and has a whole history that you get to learn. This is just a minor, minor, minor character in a super small town, and if you want to, you can go talk to that guy, you can learn his history, and I think it's just How does he take over the shop from the shopkeeper that leaves? I don't know, she was just kind of- Giving you an example. She was just giving me an example. I don't don't even have his name, which I'm I'm disappointed with, Um, but those are the kind of details that that she was giving me, and, and, the other thing is, it's not just this just going around and talking to people. It's not just dialogue. Uh, a new thing in Trails of Cold Steel 2 is called the Overdrive. And what it is, is this mode where it's basically like, like a super gauge, where you get really powered up and you can do multiple attacks in a row. But the only way... She called this uh, ability overpowered. She like clearly <laughs> stated that. Um, but the only way you get this ability is... Kind of like Persona, where you you have to talk to these characters and spend time with them. If you don't do that, you won't unlock this combat potential. And during the fight, 
it's not just like okay, you you cleared this gate. They'll you you get the sense like they're how they talk to you in fights and and as you're going throughout the world. If you choose to spend time with them, they'll be a lot warmer to you. They'll be a lot more comfortable. And again, it just makes it feel like you're actually interacting with people that respond to your decisions. I think that's super super cool. The other thing I got to give her major props, um, and I, I want to relay this to the people as well. Uh, so, Trails of Cold Steel Two is coming out soon. And I said, is there any way you can get into this without playing the first game? And she just immediately said, no, play the first game. You Whoa. have to play the first game. I was going to ask that. Yeah, to get the context of part two. First because it, it's not, it's not a, she, didn't, she said it's not really like a, a straight up sequel. It's, it's more of like you have this whole story and it was divided into separate parts. Mm. And she said the, the only way that you're really going to be able to appreciate what's going on is by playing Trails of Cold Steel 1. And just... To have a, a person at E3 at the booth that's trying to sell you their game, trying to pit this stuff, to say, like, no, actually, like, don't buy this new one if you haven't played the first one. They never say that. Yeah, it got a lot of respect from Cool. Me. That's awesome, dude. So, wow. Wow. Um, it was just a, a kind of a heartwarming experience to me because, like, you know, you know how much I love this genre and how much it means to me. And to, to hear that, like, these are the people that are responsible mm-hmm. for bringing it overseas that are actually editing the game, uh, it was just, it was just wonderful. Um, the last thing that I want to do, we don't have a lot of time. We only have two and a half minutes. So as quickly as you possibly can, uh, describe your experience that you had at E3 with a person that was, that stood out to you. Okay. May I say first, firstly? Yes. I'm humbled by your ramen. Thank you. I see now why they call you the master. That... That is touching. The person who represented my E3. Okay, I have one. This is oh, this is a douchey name drop, but it's how I felt about it. Um, it was the end of day two. Shuhei Yoshida just walked up to me and Ian and talked about video games. You know, yeah. uh, talked about. We talked about what we were excited about. He actually wanted to know what I was into, and I said Zelda. And he said, yeah, me too. I'm going to see it tomorrow. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 And so that to me was E3. E3 was a lot of people walking up and saying hi. Like, hey, we're so happy to see what's going on with Easy Allies. Very casual conversations. But then just talking about video games with these people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And so it was uh, obviously he is a, a person very high up at Sony. And I'm obviously a person who has... No actual occupation, but like those barriers go away, you know, mm-hmm. when you're at E3, everyone is just part of this whole thing together. Uh, and so it was just, ex- it was fun. It was casual, jolly E3 video games. It felt like video games. It was video games. That was beautiful. That's, right. That's great, Kyle. I got a good one. Okay. I really liked this person I saw. Oh boy. Her name was Sarah. Whoa. She had red hair. The Zelda line went all the way, wrapped around, you know, 15-hour line for Zelda. Uh, Think Black Friday when the doors open and amp amp it up by, like, 10. That's kind of what the scene was to get to that Zelda line. So we're, like, halfway through day one, and at the very end of the line, uh, it's in the very, very back. So there's, like, the end of the line, and then, like, over in, there's no man's land. Right there. Mm-hmm. No one's around. Space nobody purchased. Space nobody is there. Yeah. I turn the corner just to, like, to look, and just this lone girl is hanging out. Her name is Sarah. I was like, what are you doing back here? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> granted, I, granted, I was filming my episode. I didn't oh, just like, oh, okay. ambush someone. Okay, that, that is important <laughs> yeah. context. Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. It's like, what are you doing back here? HR. She's like, <laughs> she's like the Zelda line is closed... But I'm just camping it out to try to get in. Yeah. I'm just stalking it. Waiting. Waiting for my moment to strike. Okay? There's so, a chance the whole day could go by yeah, and she could not what, play that game. That's what I said. She's like, I don't care. I want to play Zelda. Dude. Okay? Day three, two day, rolls around. I see her. I was like, hey, what happened? Did you get to play? She goes, twice. <laughs> Sarah! Yes! yes, Sarah! That's E3! Yeah. yeah. Oh, man! Yeah. yeah. Dude. Yeah. That That's is awesome. so good. Yeah. 
That is the spirit of video games. Oh, man. So good. Whoa. That's great, yeah. Bradley Ellis. Um, Mine's more selfish, I would say. I guess. I mean, I... It was great meeting a bunch of people. We made a bunch of friends there. Had lunch with you and some of them. Yeah. Had a jolly time. But day one, me and Michael Huber leaving, just walking out of the hall, Mike stops talking immediately and just pushes me to the side, like out of his way. Books it. There's this man walking. Just an my or- hero an ordinary in video man? games. My oh. hero in video games. Hidetaka Miyazaki. The man who saved video games. Here he goes. Big fan. Shakes the guy's hand. Bounces. And I was just... I was like in a blur. And he's like, go get him. Go get him right now or you'll regret it. Yeah. And he's walking away. I sprint after him. I like go right in front of him like blocking his path. And I go, thank you for making video games and saving video games. And he... Just got like so flustered and like happy. He just looks down at the floor and he's like, Oh, thank you, thank you so much. And he like bowed to me. And I was like, This is the greatest day of my entire life. Did you bow back? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I did not give him a shit bow. Yes. I gave him the real deal. Nice. Like Brad. Oh my god. And ev- and everyone on the panel, like that's that's what E3 is. You yeah. can you can run into people that have affected your lives. That, that have, like, inspired you, and you can tell them thank you. Yeah. And that's so cool amidst all the, like, sound and noise and lights and all that stuff. Guys, this has been a, a passionate episode of Frame Trap. Mm-hmm. Thank you all for, for being on the panel. And uh, stay tuned if you're watching the live stream. We are going to get into the, the rest of our impressions from the final day of E3. Uh, I, I'm at a loss for words. I, there's so much going on in my brain right now, but I just want to say thank you so much uh, for listening to Frame Trap. It means a lot to me, and we will see you next time. My cheeks. <laughs> One more time. One more time. Cleaner shop. My cheeks. Cleaner shop. My cheeks. <laughs> and we will see you next time. My cheeks. My cheeks. <laughs> I hope chat is blowing up. Yeah, my cheeks. My cheeks. <laughs> It'd be great if like, the cheek just was a clean slice. <laughs> Falls off. My cheeks. <laughs>